Let's get started, Georgie. Let's get started. This is not a sponsor of the podcast. I wish it was. Not yet. If you're retired, drink these. If you're not retired, don't drink them. They're not good for you. All right. So you have come back from retirement a hundred times. How yes. many times have you stopped drinking these? Zero. Depends on what you mean, how long. Like, sometimes I can go a day without them, <laughs> two days without them. Sometimes you can go it's about not a three good hours. Idea. Do, not, do not drink Monster. But... um. Coach Travis, just I need to get fired up right now because I, I am excited. Well, I should I, honestly I don't need to get fired up, but still, yeah. How does it feel, Georgie? Liverpool. We talked the last couple of weeks or the last month or so. We've talked about Manchester United in absolute shambles. Yeah. And now Liverpool, absolute shambles. Each week you keep telling me this. Each week that you're not worried. I'm not. I'm still you not worried. Worried. I'm still you're not worried. worried. No, no. Look, I Georgie told you. is worried. No, no. I'm not worried. What? Okay. This is. It's uh. It's gonna sound contradictive, but. For example, the past four or five years, if there was no Liverpool, Premier League would be shit. You'll be seeing Manchester City run the league. No, no, I'm going to put it out there because it, it needs to be told. Premier League would be shit. Nobody would be interested in the Premier League because Manchester City would be 20 points above everyone and nobody would be watching. He will be interested. The only thing you'll be interested in is the rele- relegation battle and top four. So thankfully, we have Liverpool. So you who, are going back from? to the history. No, no, you're no, going, you're going no, to be no, one no. of those guys again. So, no, no. What I, my, my, there's a point to this. So past four or five years, Liverpool have been the team to challenge Manchester City until the last day of the season. Two or three times, by one point, we'll miss out. Three times, Jurgen Klopp, in the past five or six years, has had more points than Sir Alex Ferguson <laughs> when he won the title. This man Look, came prepared. He no, did his research because no, no, no. he, no, no. he knew he had to explain yourself. No, no, I don't have to explain myself. It's just, this has to, we have to put this in perspective. Because the standards have been set so high by Liverpool and Manchester City in the Premier League that now we're looking at Liverpool dropping points in the first three games of the season, two draws and a loss. And we're saying, oh my God, let's panic. Let's just put this in perspective as well. This is the first time Liverpool have lost in 2022. So like all all this, yes, all this but, being said, but you can't. But the problem is, it's a new team. So it doesn't well, like the record doesn't really matter because it's like it's the first time that they've lost. Yes, but yeah. they don't have the team. It's not like oh, we're, we've only lost once in the last however long because. The last part where you guys were winning everything was last season. Yeah. So back to now. This is now. This is the main point: is Liverpool on the Jurgen Club have been absolutely amazing the past five years. They've played last year. They've played every single game possible. They've got to every single final possible. They've done everything perfect. Mm-hmm. The point I'm trying to make is that we can't get caught up in yes, are Liverpool two draws and a loss? Is that a good way to start a season? Absolutely not. Manchester City started last year. Not, they didn't start the season in a good way and ended up winning the league. So to say... The league somebody, is gone for you guys. No, it's not gone. It's gone. It's no, out of your hands. No, it's not out of our hands. It's no. over. No, I, I don't think so. But what, what I'm trying to say is that, I'm, one, I'm not panicking. And if there's one thing that Jurgen Klopp and the staff and everybody around Liverpool has proven to us is they figure it out at some point. So, yes, it's not the best start. Uh, obviously, two points from three games, it's not good. But like I said in the last episode, the past few, once it's seven or eight games in and Liverpool is struggling to be in the top four or within like a point or two of the top four or like 10, 15 points behind, you know, first place, then I'll say, okay, it's time to, time to panic. Like, what's going on? But there's plenty of time. 
this is a good thing. It's early on in the season, right? And there's still plenty of time to figure it out. I mean, you can say whatever you're gonna say, and then I'll come back to this. I have a lot I, to say. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Each week, it's getting to what you keep saying. Yeah. You've had to repeat yourself weekly that yeah. you're not panicking. I'm not panicking. I'll tell you what the biggest issue has been. You guys lost Sadio Mane, and as much as you want to talk yeah. about anything else with Sadio Mane on the on the field for you guys in those first three games, you get a result. It. Not saying you have to panic. I'm a, maybe I'm over exaggerating because obviously it's three games in. So like yeah. three games in won't make a crucial difference if they can come back and and just continue to do, and start doing well again. So three games is not a big deal. And when you look at the a total of 38 games, however, like you said, Liverpool has set a high standard. So for yeah. a team of such high standard to not have a single win in their first three games is a little bit of maybe not cause to panic, but cause to concern a little mm -hmm. bit. So you talked about. Their their depth, they don't have very good depth. I, I tweeted this, and they had a they've had a lot of injuries. And we talked yeah. about this last week as well. Yeah. Every team in the Premier League besides Manchester City has no depth. No. They, they have the, a good starting eleven. Manchester United doesn't even have a good starting eleven. See, this is the difference. The difference is Manchester United yesterday. It's a complete difference because it's a derby game, and they did you see their bench? Ronaldo. Ronaldo. We have Juan Bissaka that can come in. You have uh, Van de Beek that can come in. Like, yeah, but the, none like, of those guys have been game changers even in the past season. They barely even played in the last yeah, but, season. Okay. Uh, Van de Beek. Van de Beek played at Everton, didn't have the best. He Stop. played every game for Everton, but he didn't like he wasn't the best. But what I'm trying to say is you have the depth. You have experienced no, players. No, 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 Liverpool no, no. had two goalkeepers. Now we didn't even have we didn't even have our second Doesn't matter, goalkeeper though, yesterday. We're a third string and an academy player because we couldn't field a roster. And we had three Academy players. The best player that would have came from looking at the bench, if if it's a tie game and you need an attacking option, who, who do you, Fabio Carvalho? That's the guy you brought in just now. The kid is 19 you, you with no raving, Premier League. I am, about him. I am, I am. I think he's, he's going to be a really good player. But Harvey Elliott, Carvalho, these guys, these should not be the players that come in to be their main people that change the game. These guys are coming in like, like imagine the pressure you put on Harvey Elliott, 18 years old, 19 years old. Okay, playing the big one of the biggest games at Manchester United, and you have to perform at your best with Milner and Henderson behind you. Manchester United, their bunch had Van de Beek, Luke Shaw, Ronaldo, Martial. Maguire, I mean, yeah, he didn't start, but like Maguire, eight, did you just listen to yourself? Okay, okay, eighty Maguire on the bench, like as if he's like a adds a lot of depth. There's okay. a reason why he was on the bench. Yeah, there's a reason why he's on the bench. But would you take Maguire? Or would you take a random kid who's never played in the Premier League? I would before? take a random kid who's never played in the Premier League. No, before. you would not. I would not. take you as a center back, George. You would not. I mean, Over thank Maguire. you. I, I appreciate that. But you would not. Finally, Ten Hag has figured that out. Yeah, but the whole point is that they have the like if something went wrong. Like, Elanga came out, Martial went on. That's Martial was going to start originally. That was part of the plan. Martial is a good player. But you don't have, and Liverpool don't have any, any game changers that we're willing to do. Here's my point. You're talking about the people on the bench yeah, as if that's what makes the biggest difference or as, that, as if that's what you need to win games. No, no. But the, the, Every other team in the Premier League mm -hmm. relies on their 11 players. Yeah. And then they have one or two guys off the bench, but not game. Typically, they don't really have game changers. They have people who they can just sub in for positions or whatever. We didn't have a striker. You didn't have a striker. Did you just say you didn't have a striker? Who? who I'm talking about on the bench. Like, oh my! Like God. attacking Why are you options. Talking about the bench because though? because so those guys James, aren't playing. Those guys look, aren't look, playing. Look, look, you look. have Firmino, you have Salah, yeah. and you have Luis Diaz. For, Firmino just came back from injury two days no, ago. No, two on. days ago, he was An out for two weeks. Okay. 
Come on. Like, like yet one, he hasn't he trained. Lost the plot no, we no. just started. No, look, look. Point is, Milner should not be. This is not, nothing against Milner. Milner Henderson right. should not be playing. If so, you have your healthiest players. Yeah, these guys correct. were not. So Henderson, Fabinho, Fabinho should have started over Milner, in my opinion. Okay. Then it, that would have made it a lot easier for Harvey Elliott to do whatever he does. Milner was making runs inside the Manchester United box. The guy couldn't even control the ball. He's like getting run by Varane and who else. So the point is, if you have Milner starting, can you imagine your bench? That's the whole like. That's, First of all, Milner's a good, actually a good no, option for you. I like. I Milner. used to give him shit, but that guy's actually a good option. No, he a good option. Yeah, a good, a option. good option. Of course, you didn't have your best eleven. Yeah. Did Manchester United have their best eleven on the field starting? I mean, you can say, you can argue, like depending, like you. Look, who, who, who's, Would you rather have James Milner or okay. McTominay? I'll take McTominay because he can run nonstop. Oh my word, you have lost it. No. Who would you? Who, of course, who, you say that now. Who, who would play McTominay? No, no. Who would play over McTominay from Manchester United? Fred. Exactly. That's exactly my point. I'm trying to make oh, is that they have. A, they're even worse than no, you guys. No, because Milner, you take out, you put in an academy player, like those two. But it doesn't matter. All I'm saying is that you're starting eleven. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that huge of a change from your starting eleven to your best starting eleven, like the ones that you had mm-hmm. this week. Who was it? Harvey Elliott, Milner, Joe Gomez, and that was it. Everybody else is a starter, right? Everybody um, else is the best one in their position. De- I mean, Firmino, depending if you're going to play him or not. Oh, I, now you're saying no, Firmino is no, not no, no, the no. best in his position? <laughs> no. It def- okay. You're t- obviously, Firmino's going to play. Look, so this is. This- just listen to yourself, George. You're making excuses. I'm not. No, no, I'm not making excuses. The- no, no, no. Everyone no, has no. excuses. Manchester no. United has excuses. No. What I'm trying to tell you is Liverpool, like. You need depth in the Premier League. And I, I alluded to this for Manchester City bef- like two, three podcasts ago. That's why I don't think they're as strong as they were in previous years because they don't have their injury or two away. Yes, Liverpool have like six, seven, eight injuries that are like that like destroying the bench. So I, I completely understand. So the main problem is Liverpool's midfield yesterday. It got completely overran. But that's not the only problem. Usually when teams play, good teams, Manchester City, maybe you have Holland. Two, two games ago where he didn't he had two touches three touches in, inside the box maybe he doesn't have a good game but then you have players in midfield scoring goals or the attacking players scoring goals yeah. so it's kind of balancing everything Liverpool at the moment don't have a single player that's playing good like yeah. Allison is the only one that you can say he's like okay Trent I don't even know one time there's one time we're talking about the Milner thing before the podcast when Milner went up to talk to Van Dyke, when there, there was a given goal on the edge of the box where Trent was uh, guarding the player that passed the ball to Bruno. Bruno, I think, played him in behind, which I think was Ilanga, who went around Trent. Trent, one, didn't try and track Ilanga down the line or and didn't sprint towards the middle. The dude just like kind of walked, jogged towards the middle. So that's, that's the problem when you have Liverpool. When you think of Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp, what do you think of? Intensity, sprints, yeah. you're going to work hard. You're going to do this. press, yeah. You, like, all those things are, all those players and all those things are not the Liverpool way under the UN club. So, you talk about the results. I'm not worried about the results. What I'm worried about is how Liverpool started games in the past three games. They've started terrible. First 20 minutes. It's not just like first five minutes, first 10 minutes, 15. It's like 20, 30 minutes. You're looking at like, what? this is not the Liverpool that is under the UN club. So whether that's due to the injuries that he's talked about or something's happened behind the scenes or whatever it is, it's just not the Liverpool way. And do I, do I, am I panicking? Like you said, no, I'm not panicking because I think you're going to figure You sound like you're out. panicking. No, Jurgen Klopp is going to figure this out. Whether that means 
he took Henderson off, and Henderson didn't like. There's something going on with that as well. So like, You're, if, are you saying that they're gonna figure this out and then they're gonna win the Premier League? Is I'm saying, saying? Th they're gonna figure this out. Or this is going to be a season where they're going to have to figure it out for next season. They're going to figure... I'm not saying like, okay, now it's 100% their program in the Premier League. They're going to be in contention to win the Premier League. Like, I don't think they're going to be 20 points behind. Right. They're still going to be in the running until they, the end. Or there's me, they're, they're going to figure their crap out. As of right now, they're five points behind Manchester City. Five points... Um, yeah, five points is a lot when you talk about a title race. But... All it means for Liverpool now is... Well, they're seven behind Arsenal. Seven behind Arsenal. But so you better catch up. Yeah. You better catch I mean, up. That's, that's different. But so Liverpool, this is the thing with Liverpool now. So you have two weeks left in this transfer window. Jurgen Klinsmann asked, are Liverpool going to sign a midfielder? And now the, for the first time, for the first time, Jurgen Klopp, since he's been in Liverpool, has hinted that, that you F, need to sign one. FSG and the owners are not allowing the funds. What he said was... I can do my job and I can figure out certain players that I want and that's all I can do. I'm not the guy that you ask for the money. I'm not the guy who has the money or something of the sort, which is telling me, he, he said it a few times, which is telling me that the owners are not giving the money. And that's been the case with Liverpool. It's just until, up until now, Klopp has been able to work his magic with the players well he has. But now these guys are getting of age. Milner is not the same Milner from two, three years ago. Like the so guy's five, physically, six years ago, bro. I mean, even there, but like <laughs> at the Liverpool way yeah, yeah, when yeah. he came. So like all these guys are getting older and the way Liverpool has done their businesses, two years ago or three years ago, Liverpool had a problem with the center back position. Just injury after injury after injury. It was nonstop and we, we barely got top four to get into the Champions League. Mm -hmm. So Liverpool, what they do is, or how the owners work is, you sell a player, you use that money and we'll give you 10, 15 million more to add into whatever you want. And what the way you have to work it is, okay, two years ago, Liverpool had the center back problem. Now you brought in Konate. And Mate was really good last year injury-wise. And now these both guys are out and Joe Gomez just came back. So now you have a little bit of depth in the center back position with Joe Gomez there, like either even though he just came back from an injury. But now that you're midfield, you're looking at Oxlade Chamberlain injuries, Thiago injuries yep. Milner's getting of age you're not Biketa. what the guy came back two days ago from injury from illness and then he was he wasn't in the lineup Jurgen Klopp was asked where is he he's like I don't know from nothing he got injured so like something's going on so yeah. he needs to fix that what they concentrated this year was attacking wise the last money we brought in Diaz from the January transfer window and now we brought in Nunes Nunes got suspended, so obviously he's out. Yep. So we over we didn't concentrate on the midfield at all. We didn't strengthen the midfield at all. We just said, okay, we're gonna keep the players we have, which is fair because you have eight midfielders. Like it's kind of hard to say, okay, let's go buy one when you have eight. So when you buy him, like what, like what's gonna happen then when they all come back? So that's the problem that I think Liverpool messed up on this whole summer is you have so many players that are injury prone and players that. Like, I, I like Chamberlain. I like Naby Keita. Obviously, Thiago is a different category because Thiago is just a bit better class than those two. But, like, you need to think, like, Milner is going to be your start. Like, three games now, Milner is your key midfield player. Nothing against Milner. I think he's a good player. But he should not be the guy you go to. Harvey Ellis shouldn't be the guy you go to. Carvalho shouldn't be the guy you go to. Those guys should be integrated within the team, which is the Jurgen Klopp way. But that's not what's happened. They're just thrown out there. All right. 
All I'm going to say is this. Everyone has excuses. Throughout the entire Premier League, everyone has an excuse. It's luck if you get their injuries. No, 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 no. It's not luck because Liverpool have an injury problem. That's something yeah. that they're doing that's not going right. Yeah, this Whether year. it's training or medical team or whatever. But it's been the case for a while as well because you've been saying this for a long time. Well, you talked about the center backs. That was two or three problem. years ago. And then last year we when were When you have really eight good. midfielders and not enough of them to be healthy, there's something wrong with yeah. what training methods or the medical team or whatever. You could say, yeah, maybe it's really unlucky. But at the end of the day, we can talk about the injuries. We can talk about... Um, the players that they had to put in there and the positions or whatever and Trent not running back, you guys are not doing well. No, we're not doing well. That's and, that, that's, and that's the, the worry. Problem. That's, that's the only worry I have as in, look, the, you watch the Manchester United game. Yeah. Manchester United, the first 20 minutes, were on top of Liverpool. After that, you can look at the stats and Liverpool have possession, Liverpool have this, and that's completely fine. The worry is that there's no urgency. Like, no, there's, there's you, no... Like you guys don't have you guys weren't you guys weren't dangerous. That's what it was. It, but even defensively, we were bad. But yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Manchester United were dangerous the entire yeah. game throughout the whole. Like the obviously right before they scored that goal, they had the one where Alanga hit it off the yeah. the post. But throughout the game, they looked dangerous. And then on the counter, when they finally when they played in Rashford, mm-hmm. Liverpool never looked like that during the whole game, and they haven't looked like that in their first two games, which is the problem. Yeah. Is what I'm telling you. So so. I actually, I can actually take it back to the Champions League game, to the final. Ever since then, Ancelotti said, I've, I know how to play against Liverpool. And he said it before the game. Yeah. He said it after the game. And now every team is doing it. All, all, it's different. You, if you, you know how to play against Liverpool when you're uh, Madrid, of course, because you can make those adjustments and your players can do it. You could say that to Manchester United when they're in shambles and they technically shouldn't be able to, no matter if they figure out how to do it mm-hmm. or what you're doing, they still shouldn't be able to stop it. Liverpool themselves have fallen off, and that's the problem. It's not necessarily that Manchester United or these other teams have figured out how to play against Liverpool. That's not, that's not actually it. It's the fact that Liverpool themselves have hurt themselves to the point where they're not as dangerous as they used to be. I think, I mean, like, I'm not, like... The, Shambles. The, the Shambles. thing is, is, I'm not even worried about the attacking side because Liverpool, we're going to get chances. We're getting chances. The, the problem is, my, the biggest concern I have is, like, the midfield defense. There's a huge gap. How many times yesterday, Van Dyke, Joe Gomez spread out so open? I didn't even know. Well, that pairing like. is terrible in itself. Like the last two games, the last game that they played together, they lost like seven one or something like that. What right. what game was it? It was like um, I saw it on ESPN. It was like the last two games that they've started together have been defeats by a big margin. Joe Gomez, first of all, it, it's hard because if you're Van Dyke and you have Joe Gomez playing next to you, no offense to Joe Gomez, but that guy's not. He is like worst case scenario. You have to bring him in, and you could tell Van Dyke is like I don't. I can't. Play the thing is, guy. I like the partnership. I, I liked it before Joe Gomez's injury Bro. two years ago. Before he broke did his you ankle. Did you see that nutmeg? I did, but like, the, <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying. But that's not your center. That's not your best center back. No, that's it's not. Center. No, it's not our best center. It's, and that's not your second best center no, back either. He's a he's a third, fourth. At like, the end of the day, you guys are just. It's it's not looking good. No, and I, everybody's I think, playing off. You, I know you don't want to admit it, and I hate. You know, you don't yeah. want to admit it, but Sadio Mane not being there makes a huge difference. He makes a difference, but I don't... Huge difference. But he doesn't solve the defensive issues. He doesn't, doesn't solve matter. the midfield. He solves the, we can score more goals than the other team issues. And that's all the issues you need to solve. I think that's just a transition with Defensively, Diaz. You guys, have, you guys have always talked about how amazing Virgil van Dijk is. Yeah, and now he's not. And how amazing Andy Robertson is. Yes, now he's and not. And how amazing Trent Alexander-Arnold is. Maybe not necessarily yeah. for the defending yeah. side of things, but for the attacking side still. Defensively, you guys have always talked about we have some of the best players. Mm-hmm. 
who never get dribbled past Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, and now he gets dribbled back. Now he, he gets dribbled. He by hasn't made a now. tackle. So, but again, back to the point I was saying. Usually in teams, or good teams, you have one or two players that do bad or have a poor game, let's say, or they don't score or they don't defend as well. But then you have the other eight or nine that are playing pretty damn good. Yeah. With Liverpool. that's And that's happened with Liverpool and Manchester City to, uh, because they have so much depth yeah. on the roster is that like if Salah's not having a good game, Luis Diaz has a really good game. Yeah. And scored like the, the other day where he scored the goal to tie or mm-hmm. whatever. Manchester City has the same thing where Erling Haaland can't, doesn't have a good day, mm-hmm. but then you have, you know, any Phil Foden who has a good day or whatever. Yeah. But there's not that many teams that can do that though. There's like, for example, Newcastle. If St. Maximin is not having a good day, Newcastle's not having a good day. My boy Bruno. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah. Bruno's like, uh, but you know, you get what I'm saying? Like players player. who are going to yeah. take the game to their hands and score a goal or yeah. whatever. Same thing with um, just any, any of the other Premier League teams. If they're best players, because they only have a couple of players who can really make a difference, if they're not having a good game, mm-hmm. the whole team's not having a good game. You are afforded that luxury at Liverpool where. Were before the injuries. Listen, at the end of the day, here's the thing that I've noticed. You have valid excuses. Unfortunately, they do not matter. Yeah, well, no, and nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah, nobody the cares. referees won't care. The no. other teams won't care. The offside. Even and if listen, you said, oh, injuries, injuries, yeah. injuries. It doesn't matter. Because at the end I mean, of the they day, need to figure it out. you drop the points. And like that's you, the only thing that people are going to look at. Yeah, you're going to come needs to figure it out. But from the first few games, teams catch Liverpool on the counter and bad. Yeah. The Fabinho, the Palace game was Zaha scored. Fabinho gets dribbled. Inside Crystal Palace's own half, plays the ball into Zaha, cutting between the two center backs, the guy scores. Rashford, yep. Elanga had it yesterday. Something, I, some, something well, in there is missing. I don't know what exactly is I missing. Think, I think teams have figured it out a little bit. And this was what happens after a long, a long spell of a team just dominating. Yeah. Is eventually, every single formation, every single system of play has a weakness. Yeah. At least one weakness. And it typically takes teams an entire season to really figure it out consistently. Mm-hmm. Liverpool... Because everyone knows how they press now. You can yeah. go on YouTube and find 100 million tutorials of Liverpool's gagging pressing and mm-hmm. how, they sh- you know, how they squeeze and stuff like that. Now teams have figured it out. We just have to play them on the counterattack because yeah. they're typically a team that gets us on a counterattack. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to play them on a counterattack yeah. because anytime we try and win the ball and try and just connect a few passes, they're eventually going to squeeze mm-hmm. us to the point where we're going to lose the ball or have to kick it long. If we can get the ball to get that first outlet pass successful, and then the next guy runs in behind the back line while they're trying to squeeze and trying to press us, then how many times now, in the, just in the first three weeks, have you guys had complete breakaways for the other team? Yeah, Where the other team is just one versus one with the goalkeeper. That's the, have, risk. Yeah. That's the risk you're willing to take when you're pressing as high as Liverpool do. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for Liverpool, when you don't have all your best players, you can't press. You can't press. Or it's not that you can't press, you can't press as effectively. No. I mean, you're going to be... Milner, Henderson pressing. You're like, going to be left open. You're going to be left open. And, that's and what happened. Ericsson yesterday, how many times one touch pass into Rashford or Elanga down the they line? They had a system. Bruno. Ten Hag was like, this is how we're going to get it. We're going to play one pass in here. You're going to play the pass in behind. Yeah. And then we're in two passes. And then it's a breakaway. Yeah. And it happened most of the Liverpool time. Liverpool will always squeeze. Liverpool will always squeeze. And Trent Alexander-Arnold is going to get up, caught up yeah. high. Andrew Robertson is going to get caught up high. Whatever. People are going to be out of position. Yeah. And that's the thing. With Trent, you and Klopp in the past few years was like, okay, I'll take what you give me going forward. Defensively, we have Van Dyke. We have Mate Prokonate or even Joe Gomez when we play good. And we have Andy Robertson who's going to do really well. But now they're not doing well. So now Trent goes up and now the space is still here open and they're not doing well. So it just everything gets broken down. And the last thing from the game yesterday was 
how many times it it just crazy to me because like I play in midfield, I play as a six. So like watching Henderson or Milner, who I don't even know who was a six at that point, Bruno as an attacking midfielder or center mid, wherever he was playing, making those runs in behind, and there's absolutely no care from Henderson or Milner to track yep. anybody in behind. Literally, I, I think it was Erickson who looked up, he saw Elanga on one side, Rashford on the other, and then Bruno making a run through the middle, and then Van Dijk and Gomez were like, oh, I don't know where to go, so the, gap's, so the gap opens. But as a center mid, as a six, you need to drop, you need to help, you, like, you can't have a 20-yard gap in between you guys and you have Bruno just hanging out yeah. in there. And that happened way too many times, and that's why he got broken to, uh, through there. And I don't, I don't know what this, like, it, obviously, I trust you on Klopp, and I'm not going to say, like, we know more than Klopp or whatever, but Liverpool can't press with Milner. So you need to change, like, you need to adapt to the situation. Like, you, yeah, you have injured players, but you need to adapt. Whether that's going out in the transfer window now and telling the owners, look, I need 20, 30, 40 million, whatever it is. We want Jude, Bellingham, he's not going to come. He's, Bruce don't want 100. 30, 40 million. Liverpool are not going to pay that. So you need to bring a midfielder now. I think you guys need to wait. Right now, you just need to wait a couple, like endure a couple more weeks until you can get all your players back, or at least most of your players back, and then you'll be fine. Because yeah. again, you don't want to end up with the problem where people start coming back healthy. You made a last second purchase to try and buy someone just to fix the problem, and now you have nine midfielders or whatever. Yeah. But I think you guys need to wait. Hopefully, if everyone stays, I mean, if everyone comes back and is healthy and you don't have, you don't continue to have injury problems, you guys will be okay. I don't think that you guys are going to win the Premier League this year. I think, I, I think it, Arsenal has a better chance of winning the Premier League this year. And I'll tell you why. Not necessarily because they're going to be the best team, but the way they've been playing in the first three games, if it's any indication of how the season is going to go, they're going to get results against the teams yeah, below. Below. And they might struggle against Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester mm-hmm. United, even at times. Those Tottenham, those are going to be the games where they might drop points here and there, but they're going to get enough points from those teams and enough points from the teams in the bottom to be higher than Liverpool. Yeah, I'm changing I mean, my prediction. No. <laughs> Predictions have changed. <laughs> Arsenal is going to be top three. Um, top three Arsenal. I can see Arsenal being top three. And I think a th- with a third left in the season... So about, what, like 20-something, 24 games in, somewhere around there. I think Arsenal have pretty much guaranteed Champions League qualification. Yeah, I mean, that's if if the three games are an indication. But but before we go into Arsenal, I do want to give credit to Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, they they wanted it more. Everything was better. Everything was was completely night and day. It's crazy how the atmosphere and the environment can change from one game to the next because it's been... We've talked. We've said this word a million times. Shambles at Manchester United yeah. for the last few months. All it, it literally got. It couldn't hit any lower point yeah. than the four 0 loss last week. And four well four nil and four 0 right? Isn't, isn't that what it was? Or two 0 or whatever? Uh, they lost to Brian four 0 didn't they? I was four one maybe. Four one. I can't remember. But anyway, four yeah. nil. All right. Worst possible. It, it can't get much worse than that, really. Yeah. And everybody's like, "Oh, Ten Hag needs to go. These guys all yeah. need to go." He makes a couple of changes, not really anything crazy, but somehow they play well, so Mag- much better than Liverpool. Maguire and Ronaldo benched. Yeah, well, Ronaldo was benched last game as well. Yeah. But Maguire finally gets benched, which is what 100% of everyone who's a Manchester United fan has been saying for the longest time. Somehow he was still kept on the field forever. Finally gets benched. Put Varane, who did a, had a good, good yeah. game, very good game. And now all of a sudden, after they scored that second goal, that stadium was like yeah, it erupted. It was crazy. Yeah, 
And I can guarantee you, if you go and watch some of the interviews with the fans afterwards, they're going to talk about how, how happy they are with the changes that he's made yeah. and how this guy is changing the culture after one yeah. game. I don't know if it's going to, I don't know if next game is going to go back to the shambles that it was yeah. or if it's going to continue to, to be like this. But that was a good performance. It was a really and good they, performance. they got Liverpool. They managed to play Liverpool at the perfect time. Yeah. Three or four games later, if they would have had Liverpool three or four games later, mm-hmm. I think that game is a little different. Yeah. But they got Liverpool at the right time. Mm-hmm. Confidence was quite low. And yeah, Manchester United, what do they have to lose at that point? They just lost 4-0. I think this game was... It, it meant a lot more to Manchester United than it did for Liverpool. Because... Yeah, yeah I like, agree with that. I mean, yeah, Liverpool, just because of what's been happening in the past five years. Okay. That's the only reason. So in two weeks, we're going to check back. Because we still have another pocket. But I think in two weeks when Liverpool are struggling still... Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear you say that you are finally there, panicking. No, I'm not. I'm not. I fully trust your young club. And I can't th- wait to, for you to say like, okay, title title hopes are gone right now. It's just let's just get top four. We'll rebuild for next season. We'll spend some money. We'll get Jude next season or whatever. Listen, I, I always take it game by game. So like, th- my predictions, I'm going to stick to them. I still say Manchester City are finishing third at best. Manchester City dropped points. Yeah, they didn't look too hot. Wait, wait, before we get there. Bruno, that's a second yellow. We're 80th minute. Oh, Manchester United? Yeah. That's a, that's I don't a, know what the referee was doing. That's a 100% second yellow. I didn't even realize that he was on a first yellow. So yeah. I was like, why isn't he just going to give him a yellow for this? What is he doing? Yeah. And it, I think the referee was just like, I got the time anyway, so it doesn't matter. As long as they don't fight, I'm just going to tell them, relax, I got the mm-hmm. time on my watch. But never... It's not technically time-wasting because the referee is stopping and he's going to add those minutes. But you do that in the, if you don't have a yellow, he gives Salah yellow, he gives Bruno yellow. And then I think he walks off. And what is the it. what is the protocol for that situation? Time wasting. You can't do it. No, no, no. But like I'm saying, when that happens, who gets the ball? Is it the team that scored? Are they allowed to get the ball? Or does the team that's about to kick off allowed to get the ball? Or is it the referee should get the ball and he takes it to the half? I mean, you get no, what I'm saying? Because like, yeah. why, would, why would Liverpool grab the ball if it's Manchester United's ball? Yeah, I don't think there's a certain like I don't think there's a set rule. Of, they need to establish that because that's what players keep doing. Yeah, and then that's when people start punching each other or whatever. They start punching at the ball, and then the guy goes down like he got punched or yeah. whatever. Like Bruno yesterday. Oh my! I think Bruno should have gotten a yellow. Yeah. Did you see his dive? <laughs> that was the, that was his first yellow. He dove in the box. Oh, I didn't see the dive. No. Yeah, it was like I didn't it, see it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. But, but like, if he doesn't have a yellow, he gets a yellow, and then that's it. Yeah. But. I mean, everybody. He held on it for too long. Like I understand if they hold on it for hold on to it for a little bit, and then eventually Salah like gets the ball from his hands. But the guy was not giving up the ball. Yeah, he wasn't. And Salah was like, at first he was like, just just give me the ball, give me the ball for a good like 10, 15 seconds until he finally got really upset. And they started like punching it or whatever. And then the referee just should be a yellow card. Yeah, should be. And then, I mean, that's what I mean. In those situations, when a team is playing bad, you take all the help you can get. Liverpool are not playing well. If you get a red card. The whole atmosphere, then Liverpool score a goal, it's just completely different. But it finished anyway. It doesn't matter. Liverpool lost. It, there's, you can always pick out the moments that don't help you out. Like offside. But there's some sometimes that things do help you out or some things that go against Manchester United that you're yeah. like, forget about, right? Yeah. Anyway. I mean, they deserve to win anyway. Game. Again, another good game for the Premier League. Regardless yeah. if you're Liverpool, obviously for the non-Liverpool fans, mm-hmm. um, it was a good game. Yeah. Or it doesn't matter. It was a good game regardless. Obviously, for Manchester United fans, it was a great mm-hmm. game. For for anybody who's just casually watching, who supports another team, I think yeah. it was very entertaining to watch. Yeah, it was. It was. So let's move on to Newcastle and Manchester City. Um, 3-3 final score. Manchester City had to come back from being two goals down. Mm-hmm. Trippier scores a freaking... Worldy. Yeah, sick goal. Yeah. It's... 
And this year had more. Did you watch it fully or no? No, I wasn't. Uh, I had a game. I was coaching. The first, I would say the first 20 minutes, it was all Manchester City. And then Newcastle figured out how to break down Manchester City. I was watching the, I saw the highlights, the extended highlights, like 25 yeah. minutes or whatever. And there were some good sequences of play from Newcastle. Yeah. But like, breaking down Manchester City yeah. like Manchester City haven't really been broken down in a long time and it was interesting because I think it was Eddie Howe who you know once it was 3-1 he said all right we're not going to do this anymore and I think that's where the everything yeah, kind of changed changes a little bit. because then you let Manchester City be Manchester City if you keep doing what you're doing obviously it's very hard to just ping the long ball to say maximum let him do his thing but like their whole game plan was spread Manchester City because usually teams try to play in between and try to play through the midfield and Newcastle did that and tried the first 10, 15 minutes and it was like every time Man City would just go into the midfield, suck up the ball, take the ball and then go counter or start possessing. Newcastle, it's, I don't know what clicked, I don't know how it happened, I don't know if there was a change in the middle of the game where I was like, all right, we're going to do this instead of this. But man, I haven't seen Manchester City struggle defensively in a long time. And, I mean, John Stones got hurt. I mean, uh, Nathan Ake got hurt, and then Ruben Diaz uh, came on. And I think that's – everybody on Twitter was saying this is the moment where everything went downhill. But, I mean, Ruben Diaz is, was one of, one of the best center backs last year. So, even though they, they dropped points, Manchester City – definitely nothing to worry about because no. Newcastle has actually gotten a lot more respect lately oh, yeah. because of obviously Eddie Howe changing a little bit. They've gotten a couple of players and then when they have St. Maximin who's like, mm. they've decided we're going to revolve our game around him mm -hmm. and anything in the attack is going to go through him, let him dribble, let him do his thing and then get a shot or get a cross mm. or whatever. And I think um, it was a great game for Newcastle, first of all. It, for Liverpool, for Manchester United, for every other team, they're happy that Manchester City drops points. Because yeah. anytime Manchester City drops points, everyone is happy. Yeah. For Manchester City, the problem that I think they're running into a little bit is that Holland is such a good player. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, but he's not as mobile. Yeah. He's, he's one of those zero to 100 type players. Not like he's not constantly running in, like uh, checking in behind, in between lines. Mm -hmm. He's not trying to link up play. He's literally just trying to stay at the top and get Manchester City to play a ball in behind. Yeah. And like you said, you think that his style of play doesn't benefit Manchester yeah. City as much. It's. I think they just need to figure it out. I think they just need to. Kevin De Bruyne and all those guys need to start saying, okay, we we love having the ball at our feet and we love building. Mm -hmm. But we do need to start stretching them a little bit yeah. behind because that guy is rapid. Did you see that There's one no that he got played him. in behind that? I think he, um, the goalkeeper saved it. But he got played in behind and he like, first of all, he got the first touch and then out-muscled the guy and then the yeah. goalkeeper ended up making a save. Yeah. But the guy is just, you just can catch him. the ball in behind. Just play yeah. it into the space. But that's the thing though. When you play Manchester City, for the most part, teams are just sitting back. So there's not that much space in behind. The only way I see Holland or Manchester City actually playing to Holland's, you know, strongest uh, suit is when Manchester City go up a goal, teams have to push up right. and trying to go for it to get a goal or to tie it up or to win. And then that's when the space is going to open up. That's where the, that's where the, the whole team is going to kind of push up a little bit more. Like West Ham game, I think it was 1-0 for Manchester City. And then they had to push up. They had to push up, kind of try and press yeah. and move up as a team. And that's when K 
KDB play the boy, uh, the boy behind for Holland, 20, 30 yards in behind, and nobody's going to catch him, yeah. and then he scores. That's the only way I can see Holland. Which most of the time will actually work, because most of the time yeah. Manchester City is actually going to go up. Yeah. The But yeah, when teams are just going to drop off, they're going to drop off for as long as they possibly can. They're going to just try and keep it at yeah. nil-nil, mm-hmm. look for counterattacks. Most teams are going to look for counterattacks against Manchester City or set pieces. Yeah. Um, but Newcastle played a good game. Yeah, Newcastle really good. played a good game, and it was entertaining. I, I was... do believe Saint Maximin is going to leave at some point. There's yeah. no way he stays at Newcastle unless they start becoming. Yeah, but top four. that's going to take three, four years. I think that's going to yeah. take at least three, four years. And I and I think just when you're a player like that, and you know you're that good, everything revolves around you. You're going to have teams like Barcelona. Mm-hmm. You're going to have teams like Real Madrid. Like all those teams are going to be inquiring about about mm-hmm. him and they're going to try and get him early yeah because he's still he's, he's in his prime so they're going to try and get him now before in two three years he's worth a lot more money yeah. than he is right now the only issue that a lot of teams are going to have with him is they're going to be like he's very individual and with all of the superstars that all those other teams have it's going to be difficult it's going to be difficult because they're not going to just say take the ball and start dribbling they're going to say you're going to get the ball in certain spots where you can do your thing mm-hmm. but for the most part you're a team player but he's a good player man yeah, I think he's the slicing and dicing. He's, he's the he's the best one on one player, and in the one one v two. That's the yeah. thing as well. Most yeah, players are like pretty good in one versus ones. Yeah, he does well to at least draw two defenders and still be able to pass yeah. it to a teammate or get some sort yeah. of a shot off. So, yeah. But yeah. I, again, if you're a Manchester City fan, are you worried? No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, because the next game you're probably gonna win, and then you're yeah. probably gonna win. Then you might draw again, and then you might lose every. Yeah every few or every five six games maybe yeah but i don't think you're worried i will say this though i think this year whoever does win the premier league will not have more than 90 points in the past yeah. five six this is this year has been the most competitive it's been like teams like newcastle and i i think i said newcastle is going to in my position seventh that's where i had him yeah. No, I had. Yeah, you had him high up though. Yeah. You had him top ten. Yeah, and Botman, center back, looks really good. He had some sloppy moments, to be honest, against City, but you, for the most part, he's a really good center back. Um, Trippier, captain now, Botman. Like we said, same maximum. He's Botman two. Eddie Howe's uh, playing. Joe Ellington in the middle is working his ass off nonstop, like playing amazing. Uh, Bruno. As a guy that I needed Liverpool, so um, they're they're building a good roster. Yeah. They're building a good roster, and they have. The good thing Wilson. about them is that the good thing about them is that they don't have besides Saint Maximin, they don't have any big personalities, yeah. and you can tell by watching them play that they're working hard as a unit. Mm-hmm. And none of, the, none of those guys are big time Charlies yet. Yeah, and that's how they have to play under Eddie Howe to get results against Manchester City, yeah. Liverpool, and all those teams. Yeah, which they should. I mean, the, the team he's building in the. And the amount of money he's gonna be given if he keeps this up, he's gonna be able to. Yeah, it, it, it's gonna be. It, they're gonna be one of. Yeah. The, they're gonna start being one of the top teams. Yeah. Consistently throughout the throughout yeah. the seasons. And nobody's gonna want to go play at Newcastle. Yeah. Like that stadium, those fans. It's it's a nightmare to play in there. But again, I don't think you're worried too too worried if you're Manchester City, especially with the fact that all the other teams haven't been doing so well. And yeah. nobody's giving Arsenal credit just yet. Yeah. Everybody's still like, ah, cl- same old Arsenal. They're going to, at some point, yeah. they're just going to fall off. So it's just a good start. But nobody's, like if, if Liverpool was three for three right now, people different. are going to be like, oh, they're going to run away with the league. Yeah. I think I agree with you though. I think it's going to be close at the top between like three, three teams mm-hmm. at least. 
And I don't think anybody's going to run away with it where somebody's going to get 99, 100 points. No, I, I think you're looking at 85 points is probably going to win you the league. I'm thinking... I mean, that's a lot of drop points when you think about it. Because 88, to, 88 to 90 is going yeah, to win you the league. Yeah. But, but I do think it'll be close. It'll it, be close. It's crazy because, like I said in the beginning, like you had Manchester United winning leagues with like 79 points back, back in, the, in day. the day. Like that's insane. That, Before like, the uh, Manchester City days. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's insane. Um, now let's talk about the good stuff, George. Let's talk the about stuff. the most important important team in the Premier League at the moment. Arsenal are flying. Yeah, it's in all th- like okay. People, this is the criticism that people are going to say: Arsenal haven't played against anybody yet. But they have. I mean, Palace is not a bad team. Yeah, yeah, I know. But when they're saying they haven't played against, they haven't played against Tottenham. They haven't yeah. played against Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, yeah. um, Manchester United. So you already had Tottenham and Chelsea who played against each other. Yeah. You already had um, Manchester United and Liverpool who played against mm-hmm. each other. So L- Arsenal are like, the reason why I don't think anybody's super excited or super going crazy about it is the fact that they haven't been matched up against one of those teams yet. Yeah. And then, but I'll tell you what, who's the, who's the first team that they play against that's, that's good? I, I have, I don't Let know. Let me look it up real quick. I, I, I actually, you know, I think Liverpool have the craziest schedule for next month. I think it's Arsenal, Man City, and Spurs. So I think it might be it might be Liverpool. The next one is on the fourth of September, Manchester United, okay. Arsenal. That's the next big game. But wait, wait, wait. For is that, Arsenal, that's in two weeks. Okay. Yeah, that's in a couple weeks. Uh, before that, they'll play Fulham. Okay. And I'm worried about that game because of my boy yeah. Mitrovic. <laughs> Listen, yeah, at the end of this season, that guy is going to be a household name. I'm just I'm just letting you know. How many goals is he gonna score? But before that, hold on. Before we get into Mitrovic and Fulham, Manchester United is going to be the next in a couple weeks. Yeah. And if Manchester United played, have continued to build from this performance, that's going to be a very good game. Yeah. And I think Arsenal's performance in that game what is going game? to open up a lot of people's eyes to see exactly where they're going to be. Mm. If Arsenal goes, and it's Manchester United's hosting as well, if Arsenal goes to Old Traf- Trafford and wins convincingly 2-0, mm-hmm. 3-1, something like that, I guarantee people are going to be talking about Arsenal actually having title hopes. I think it's too early. It is early. Yes, it is early. But that's I, the only team in the Premier League who has convincingly shown that they're the best. Yeah. Right now, they're the best team in the Premier League. Yeah. Well, three, this, we, three weeks. Look, three weeks look, in, best team in the Premier League. What I'm saying is it will be too early is every year when I look at the table, yes, it's important. Like every game is important. Like every drop point is important. But like the beginning of the season, it just feels like you're allowed to kind yeah. of start off a bit slower. Yeah. So I look at the table with seven or eight games and then i tell myself okay this is how it's gonna because usually like three or four weeks three or four games you can say okay this team is on a high right now like they're feeling it and then right. it you just have to drops. wait for the trends you have to wait for the trends after a while yeah. and, and then it just goes down after eight games it's it's either you're gonna be up there or like you're gonna slow down a little bit like West Ham, I well, I think it was when was it last year when they were, West Ham at one point was like for two three weeks they were up top yeah and everyone's like oh my god West Ham this West Ham and then it kind of died down. Leicester City was the only time where they were up top and then they ended up winning the league. Which are we gonna have another Leicester City? I mean, who knows? But we are at some point, but that's not gonna be probably. Is for that a gonna long be Arsenal? Time. The new Leicester City? Uh, listen, <laughs> if Arsenal wins the title, it's not like Leicester winning the title. No, no, it's not. It's not. No. Um, but no, they've started amazing and like all the young players, people are excited and yeah. it's been consistent. Yeah. That's the thing uh, over three games. If, if you do it, so if they win next week, all right. And they go like, let's say, let's say in the first six games, if they have four wins and tr- two draws or five wins and mm-hmm. one draw, 
or even five wins and one loss, at least we've built some some sort of consistency. And that's what's yeah. been missing from Arsenal for a very long mm -hmm. time. Because everybody knows that when they're doing well, they play some very, very good football. And then there's times where they just look like they don't want to be out there. And yeah. people getting red cards and stuff like that. But still, all I'm saying is that it's a very exciting time to be an Arsenal fan right now. It is early. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you have to wait until at least match week eight or nine to start seeing the trends of like yeah. who's going to be at the top for the most part and mm -hmm. who's going to be where. But it's an exciting time to be an Arsenal fan. And the thing, your team is young, we man. We have a good team, man. And young guys We're that are willing to work. We're changing the culture. Yeah. If you can, again, stay away from injuries to, so, like, Saliba's been amazing. Gabriel's been really really good, but who's who's your center back if they go out? Um, Rob Holding. Rob Holding. It's like you're coming back to, I mean, he's not bad. He's, he's a decent backup. But, like, the quality of the those two have shown yeah. so far, like, Rob Holding is not not gonna be replaceable yeah. like martinelli if that guy can keep it up the way he's been running and if chasing he and doesn't playing. become a big time charlie and he be and he stays with this mentality of working on both sides of the ball yeah then i think yeah he's going to continue to be a good player yeah a lot of those players though like saka martinelli mm -hmm. a lot of those young players who get a who get a lot of spotlight when they're young mm -hmm. eventually get start believing in all of the the, yeah. the things that people are telling them and then they feel like they don't have to do the work mm -hmm. as much because they're such good players the reason why they're such good players is because like Martinelli, he works on both sides of the ball because mm. he's like a young, he's a young kid trying to get into yeah. the team to become a starter. So that's why he's doing it. Yeah, trying if to he prove continues himself. to do it, he can be a, a very good player. Mm. But just again, this is what I said the first week and the second week, but looking at their starting 11, mm -hmm. we have a very good group. Yeah. There's one or two positions in there that I'd like to replace at some point. But if we can keep this core yeah. for a good four or five years, I think we're going to start Having some real, mm -hmm. real hopes. Gabriel Jesus is the the key player. He's been the key player so far. Like if, if he can, ma not even maintain. Obviously, he can't do this three games in. Like now, like he's been absolutely amazing. There's no way you can keep this up for a whole entire season. But if you can stay up there, like even now to your hundred percent, like he's been so far, Arsenal have a really good chance of like being in the title conversation. Now. Can Gabriel Jesus score you 20-plus goals where you need? Because realistically, that's what Arsenal have been missing for a long time. Somebody doesn't come in, be a team player, but also score you those goals. Like you had Aubameyang, like Lacazette, but they never really fit into the system, into the type of style yeah. that Arteta wanted. So now you have a player who's worked with, uh, with um, Arteta at Manchester City, who knows him, who's going to trust him, and obviously Zinchenko helps and all those guys. But once you get a core group of players that are bought in and all young players, like, you know, the future is bright, man. Like, it, it looks really good. But again, if if they think it's they're okay. a big You can time, say that we're going to win the Premier League. No, I'm not going to say prediction. that. Bold prediction. Arsenal wins the Premier League. Now you've lost the plot. Listen, if the Premier League was 10 weeks long. You have a good chance. <laughs> we would have won it by now already. Yeah, good chance. No, I'm excited. As a, as a Arsenal fan... It's been a long, like yeah. we, we started becoming a, a Liverpool fan from six, seven years ago. Yeah. Where it's like, you talk about your history, you can only talk about your history. Yeah. And you're not, you don't really believe yourself when you say this is our year. Yeah. I'm not saying this is our year. I, I yeah. still don't think we're going to win the Premier League because I agree with you. I think we just had, had a good start. There's going to be a drop in form at some point. I'm just, I just hope 
that we can be consistent throughout the season. That's my hope. Yeah. That we know where we're probably going to drop some points, but where we really should pick up points. Mm-hmm. And then there might be the odd games where we might lose to to a team that's not in the top 10 or something like mm-hmm. that. That happens to everyone at some point. You're not going to go an entire season without it. But I think the most important thing has been we've we've had a good start. Yeah, so now it allows us it allows us to be to have some of those games where we might drop points because mm-hmm. we're saying okay, we're still on top. We still have a couple points ahead of everybody else yeah. in the Champions League race or whatever. Consistency is going to be the key yeah. for Arsenal if we I can mean, be consistent. If you guys get top four this year, which it looks like it, there's a really good chance for that, then that's a that's a huge win for Tata and Arsenal. Like, you need to take a step-by-step. Step. Obviously, if you can win the Premier League, that's it's amazing. But when's the last time you guys were in the Champions League? Uh, four years ago, three, four yeah. years ago. Like... That's a long time for a yeah. big club to be out of the Champions League. So it's... Uh, but they believe in Arteta. Yeah. The board believes in him. Edu, the sporting director, believes in him. And now I think the players believe in him. Yeah. And I think... I don't know if... I know you haven't caught up on the documentary, mm-hmm. but in the documentary, they talk about the whole Obama Yang situation. Yeah. And it's good to see how they handled it because Arteta basically had a meeting with Obama Yang and was like, okay, look... Here's the things that I'm willing to kind of meet you in the middle as mm-hmm. long as you meet me in the middle with these things. And you're going to be the captain and you're a player that we're going to rely on. And Obama Young did not fulfill those expectations yeah. on his side. And basically they said, you're like, you're not training with the team. So when he came back, he trained on his own. And then he went to the Africa Cup of Nations. Mm-hmm. And then when he came back, he still wasn't training with the team. Yeah. And he kept, and Arteta's like, I got a, I have it all documented, all of the, the fines and all of the things that he's done, showing up late to training, like all of the fines he's accumulated, I have it. And it is not acceptable as a captain or as a player. And he yeah. had had a meeting with the guys and he's like, this guy is as good of a player he is. He is not going to be in, integrated. He's not part of this team right now. Mm-hmm. And obviously last season, it sucked because he was really the only player that could do something for them. But I think... The way he handled that situation, as opposed to giving into the pressure, because obviously all the fans, when they weren't getting results, yeah. were like, "Why don't I don't care what he did? Put him on the field." Yeah. But now I think the players realize, like, okay, if if he took out Aubameyang out and he chose to not put the best team on the field mm-hmm. because he stood up for something, now we have to walk the line because it can happen with us as well. It can yeah. happen with with any one of the players. So now I think they trust him, trust in him a little bit more because of the way he handled that situation. Mm-hmm. Was maybe he had to sacrifice a lot of the results last season yeah. in order for this season to really establish that culture. So starting from preseason, I think they understood what the rules were. They understood how to go about things and what type of team they need to be in order for them to be yeah. at least top four. And so far, when it go, when it, and when it goes well, which it has so far in the mm-hmm. first three games, the players believe in it. The players are invested. Yeah. If it, the first three games would have been not so good. Yeah. The players tend to be like, oh, well, this is just shambles. I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah. Anyways, I'm excited. Arsenal's done well. Yeah, I mean, Arsenal fans should be excited. I haven't seen Arsenal TV, so I'm sure that's uh, that's popping yeah. right now. Um, Arsenal's still really the only team doing well. The only big team doing well. I mean, they're the only team with full points, right? Yeah, with full, yeah, with all the points. points. But um, none of the other teams besides Manchester City, I think Manchester mm-hmm. City's looked good, but they haven't especially with the game against Newcastle, they didn't look fully really convincing. Tottenham and Chelsea haven't looked convincing either. No. Tottenham barely got a 1-0 win over Wolves. And at the end of it, it almost didn't feel like a win for them, yeah. just the way that they played. It was like one of those, like, it was one of those good teams will win games even when they have bad performances yeah. type. 
So they they managed yeah. to get the win, but they didn't look convincing no. at all against. Wolves. And Wolves played really well as well. I think Wolves are just missing the finished product. Like they need. Yeah, and Jimenez like, just got back from injury, so he only yeah. got subbed on at the end. Um, so Tottenham again, Conte is gonna make he, sure that that he's gets, he's gonna grind sorry. out results. Yeah, that's just that's that's his exactly. nature. That's how he plays. Exactly. Like that's it sucks for the neutral people. Like if you watch a game and like a, like the Chelsea game. Like, they just sat back the whole entire game, like, two weeks ago when they tied. It's not the most appealing to the eye, but that's yeah. how he plays. But he got the result, which is all that matters at the end of the day, because that's what you're going to see on the on the table is the yeah. points that they accumulated. Three more points for Tottenham. Chelsea, on the other hand, again, top team not looking good at yeah. all. Leeds played a fantastic yeah. game. And it all really started with um, Mendy. Yeah, I mean, you just clear the ball. Like That's I don't, the, I don't understand it. It's gonna happen. It's one of those things that, like, when you when you tell a goalkeeper now in the modern game, when you yeah. say we need to be able to play out, we mm -hmm. need to be able to play out, we need to be able to play out, they start getting in their heads that kicking the ball long is the last option, mm -hmm. and they will wait until the very last second, literally, yeah, to to use that option. He waited, he waited. He's like, eh, I can still, I can still manage to help us build out at the back. Mm -hmm. So he tries to cut it back or whatever it is that he does. And then he hesitates. And in that moment of hesitation, Aronson picks the ball off him and then just scores the, scores the goal. Yeah. So it's, a, it's one of those situations where, like, of course the coach is going to tell him, you have, Tuchel's going to be like, just clear the damn ball. Yeah. But I feel like if every time they hit a long ball goalkeepers nowadays, especially those types of goalkeepers, every time they hit a long ball, they're like, man, there's a goalkeeper out there that would have been able to play mm -hmm. play out of the back in this situation and yeah. so he, they lose a little bit of the confidence in playing out of yeah. the back but Mendy's never been good with his feet anyway so i don't know why he's trying to do a Cruyff turn inside his yeah. six yard box it's, but the Cruyff turn works but you're relying on the forward or whatever to, to bite yeah to bite allison does it too many times for liverpool and i get a heart attack every ederson time. does it ederson yeah. does it all the time and most of the time, the players will bite because they think, oh, if I can just slide to get the ball, it might yeah. deflect off my foot and then it'll mm -hmm. bounce into the goal. But yeah, he got it. He managed to get a toe poke and then empty net. Yeah. And then from there, it just goes downhill. And Leeds, I, what did I tell you about Leeds? You yeah. said relegation. I did, I did say relegation. I did say. I, I understand that they lost their two best players. Yeah. I get it. But they do have, they have the American. Two Americans. Two Americans. Yeah. And the coach. And the coach. Right? Yeah. And the mentality of an American is different than the mentality of an English player. Yeah, English like, players are more the if we go back to like traditions of what mm -hmm. like stereotypes, for example. And this doesn't always apply, but you think of an English person, you think of like a footballer, you think about it like a like a brute, like somebody who just wants to get into a tackle, mm -hmm. uh, physical and stuff like yeah. that. But when you think about an American, you think of like blue collar, hardworking. Yeah. Like if if the coach tells you to press, even though you're gonna not win the ball, you're yeah. gonna go and press. Yeah. That's just your mentality. And that's what happened. Yeah. Did you see the turn? He did you watch the game? Uh, I watched the highlights. I I also had to coach that game. He, he um, Aronson had um, a turn against Koulibaly. Oh my God! He turned him inside out. Koulibaly yeah. had to grab his jersey, pull Sliced him down, and got a yellow card. And ever like, and then Koulibaly got a like a red card. So did he get a red card? Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. I didn't he see sent, that. Yeah, he I, I watched out. the extended he highlights. Yeah, I watched the goals. Yeah, he got a second yellow, and he got sent out. But, but that turn, man. Aronson, market value, whew, oh, yeah. goes up. If he keeps having games like this, 
Mark, he's going to be one of those players that, again, is going to be... Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's not about the goals. Like, when I watch players, I, I know everybody talks about goals and all that stuff, but it's just the desire, man. That guy has the desire to just work his ass off, and then he's also technical. It's not like he's not technical. We just run, run, run. He's both. Like, he gives you both sides of the game. What a convincing so, performance from Leeds. Yeah. R- uh, Rodrigo, it, well, top goal scorer in the Premier League, four goals in three games or something like that. That's good eh, for him. He's not going to end up top goal scorer. No, he's not going to end up top goal scorer. Good, but, great start. Yeah. Listen, I do, I do think Leeds is going to be top 10. Sometimes it, it makes more sense to get rid of your best players. Yeah. As weird as that sounds, sometimes it's better for the group. Listen, if the team, if the player doesn't want to stay, yeah, you got to get that, rid of him. And it's not always about like the player being like having a bad attitude or like, like for example, Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. It's not about like Ronaldo being a bad apple or whatever. And then even though he's your best player, he's got to go. Sometimes it's just because your game revolves around them so much mm-hmm. that when they're gone, you have to find solutions. And sometimes those solutions come from just being a well-rounded team in general to say, okay, we might not have any big superstars, but as a team, we'll understand how to share the ball. We'll understand how yeah. to press together, how to work hard together. And you do have, when you have players that are as good as like Jack Harrison, I love Jack Harrison. I think yeah. he's a great player. Yeah. Hard worker, doesn't care, doesn't really care about the spotlight, never really in the spotlight mm-hmm. too much, but he plays a big, big part in how yeah. leads play. And now when you have players like Aronson who are going to work, work very, very hard. Yeah. And then you got a coach like that who comes from this culture. Yeah. But let me ask you this. We talk about Calvin Phillips going to Man City. I said this. I think it was the wrong decision. We're three games in. I know it's only three games, so things you can said change. Calvin Phillips was not a, is not a good decision to go to Man City. Yeah, just because I told you playing time, like well, he's oh, not a player right. with Reggie, like or those type of players or KDB maybe. or Bernardo. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe when he wins the Premier League this season, and but, he's got a starting spot. But the, that's the problem with Manchester City, though. You're you're sacrificing. It's not. Here's here's the thing. When you go to a better team like that. And you've always been the big fish in a small pond or whatever they call it, mm-hmm. the, the way that they say it. When he was always going to be the be- one of the best players at Leeds and he was always going to start and be the be a starter at Leeds. Mm-hmm. Going into Manchester City, he knows he's capable of playing there, but he has to be in top form every single week yeah. or else he's not going to be playing every single minute. Kevin De Bruyne is in top form, top form almost every mm-hmm. single week. The guy plays amazing. Nutmeg, nutmeg did you see that nutmeg? Yeah, the, yeah. Like not there's not a single other player in the Premier mm-hmm. League who can make that pass. Yeah. But anyway, when you're not in top form and you have that many good players, it's very easy to say, okay, you didn't have a good week. This guy is going to be our starter next season or next week. Yeah. Because this guy's just as good as you are, if not better. It's just I had to, it was a fifty fifty on who starts right now. But if you're going into your prime, like the same thing I'm going to say about Jack Grealish is a bit. There. I mean, he hasn't really played, but like these guys are going to Manchester City. Or into any team, doesn't really matter if Manchester City or not. If you're not gonna go there at like young age to get games, and this is like you're entering the years where you need to develop and play and be like one of the key players for a team, like why would you like? Obviously, it, like I said, I thought Leeds are gonna struggle this season, so maybe he's thinking the same thing. He's like, oh, no, we struggled last season. We sold. You know, Rafinha and, you know, what am I going to do? Why would I stay? So maybe that was like a thought process. But why? Yeah. Like, imagine him. Imagine him and this Leeds team now, the way they're playing, with him being like a really good midfielder. Or it could be just better without him. That's that's what I'm saying. Could be that like, oh, if he would have stayed 
now look, their leads are doing really well, and he could. But it could also be because he's gone, leads are doing really well. Yeah, that's the risk you're willing to take when you go to a team like Manchester City. Calvin Phillips knew in his head that Pep Guardiola is never going to promise anyone game time. Yeah, and he knew. He's like, okay, I, I'll. What's the risk, or what's the what's the balance? What am I weighing? I'm weighing winning the Premier League. Very high chance of winning the Premier League, but not playing every single game. More money, and more money. Or do I want to stay at Leeds where I know I'm not going to win the Premier League and I might even be in a relegation battle, but I'm going to play every single game. And I'll go back to the Arsenal All or Nothing documentary. Mikel Arteta, by the way, loves giving a motivational speech. Good, I like that. Loves a motivational speech. He draws up on the board and he's like, what is more important to you guys, the journey or the destination? And what do you think the players say? Like Lacazette, what do you think he says? Uh, The destination. The destination. Because obviously those guys, it's about results. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what it was, is that Callum Phillips said, I care more about the destination than the journey right now. Cause the journey for him might've been a better journey might've been do one more year, really ball out mm-hmm. and then go and then know that I'm one of the top players in the premier league. Yeah. Cause right now he's still one of the up and coming talents type. So that's why. And I think he just cares more about the destination, which most players are going to care about that because most players, when they retire, they're going to say, I won a premier league and nobody's going to say you didn't play. Cause he did. He will play. Yeah, he'll play at some he point. He just won't play every single game. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, when I look at players like that and I think about the World Cup that's coming up in six months. Right. Like, he's, he but was that, one of the better English players when he played for England. But now you're like, okay, if you're the English coach, do you, do you say, okay, this guy's not going to, he's going to play. I think it's the same. And I'll tell you why. Because what weighs more on the coach? Him, him starting and playing every minute at Leeds or him rotating minutes at Manchester City? If he rotates minutes. He will be rotating minutes. He's played two minutes so far. In th- it's only three, it's only three games. It's only three games. But like but two still, minutes. like When you're the coach of the national team and you start thinking about, if you start from a, a fresh slate, fresh mm-hmm. canvas, and you're like, okay, let's think about the players that we want on the team. Who are you going to be looking at first? You're going to be looking at the Manchester City's roster. And you mm-hmm. say, okay, let's look at Manchester City's roster. And all the best teams in the world where any English players are playing, those are the first ones they're going to look at. Before yeah. they go, he's not going to be like, let's look at Leeds. Let's see what Leeds have. He's going to say, let's see what the best English players at the top club in the Premier League are, which right now, Manchester City and Liverpool. So Southgate is looking at Manchester City and Liverpool's roster before they look at anybody else. And they're picking out Cal- Calvin Phillips is one of the first names written on the board. You think so? Yeah. I don't think just so. Because, just because they're looking at the rosters of those first. And then eventually they go back and they say, okay, is he better than this player from Crystal Palace or this player from Leeds or whatever? But I'm just saying that decision in itself of him being at a team yeah. like Manchester City yeah, it gives weighs, you, it, weighs more than him it, being It gives Leeds. you the edge. But that's only only if you're getting some game time. If it's you're early. playing if you're playing 10 minutes a game, let's say, let's say, because the Premier League, well, the World Cup starts in November. So that, mm-hmm. um, that gives you, what, roughly like 15 games? I don't know, Premier League. Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't really matter. 15 games. And let's say he gets like, he starts three times and plays. Mm-hmm. That's a risk. Like five to 10 minutes. He's not going to go to the World Cup. That's the risk. Yeah. Because Southgate is going to look at Declan Rice. He's like, this guy plays every minute. He's balling out. Right. He's amazing. Why would I take somebody that they could be just as good as each other like they might be the same level but why would i take somebody who hasn't had game time and all that when i can take somebody that's been starting and yeah playing for his team but i do think back to my point is that 
he weighs those and he says it just depends on what the amount of playing time Calvin yeah yeah because Calvin Phillips yeah. gets let's say he gets 65 percent of all game time oh yeah he's going he's gonna go right to that's does that still weigh a little bit more than every single game for Declan Rice at yeah you know it, so, it, it would just depend on the game time but that's what I'm like I'm just basing it on like I know it's three games so it's not like nothing to worry about but you play two minutes in three games like you have 12 more games yeah to where he's, you need he's got, to be. He's got a little bit of time, but if he doesn't play enough, then yeah, of course, that's the risk that he yeah. he was willing to take. And unfortunately, he might he might still win the Premier League that way, but he might not get called up to the English national team. Yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, uh, I for guess. For a lot of them, it's just the, the key is just to get into the camp, get into the camp at first. And then from there, they make the decisions based on the yeah. week or two that they're training mm-hmm. there before they get cut. But uh, yeah, it's a risk. But I, I get it. But is that more important than winning the Premier League, than having a higher chance of winning the Premier League, getting into the English national squad? For the World Cup, I would say, yeah. Yeah. Like, going to a World Cup is like so, a dream for any so player. So when Calvin Phillips says, okay, sits down with his agent, and he's like, okay, I can stay in Leeds, play all the time, and most likely get mm-hmm. called up to the national team, or I can go to Manchester City, and then my chance of going to the national team are a little bit lower because I might not play, but I'll win a Premier League. What do I want? Do I want to get called up to the national team and play in a World Cup, or do I want to win a Premier League? And it's how much percentage that he'll have to do both. Because he might say, I could win a Premier League and I still have a really good chance of going yeah. to the national team. Where here, I only have a really good chance of getting into the national yeah. team and I'm not going to win the Premier League. Yeah. But decisions, uh, decisions. Yeah. And he's getting a lot more money. So obviously that helps future and all that stuff. But the destination. But, anyway, but just going back to that yeah. point, do you know what Arteta said? The journey. No. That's what I thought he was going to say. He said, it's neither, it's the company. The company. I didn't like that answer, to be honest. I would have said the destination for sure. No, <laughs> I, I would have thought you would have said the journey just because he's getting all the young players there on the road. Yeah, he says, like, like I said, saying destination. Abame is saying destination probably because like they need to win now because they're getting a age. Right, right. So like for them, it's now or in but I think two for years. Any, any player, it should be the destination. Journey's great, but at the end of the day, you want to retire winning Premier Leagues. You want to be a player that was on a championship team. You don't want to be yeah. just a player that experienced it. For those guys. And that's what they're yeah. getting paid. They're not getting paid to experience it. They're yeah. getting paid to get results. It's a yeah. it's a it's a showbiz really. It's like you're getting paid to get results. You're not getting paid mm-hmm. just because we want you here. I think the correct answer is the destination. I'm not saying that you don't you have to say fuck off to the journey. I'm not saying that. But you can't say the journey's more important when you're talking about how much money these guys mm-hmm. are making a week. But I mean Obama Yang was making like they talk about in the documentary, he was making like three hundred and fifty thousand pounds a, a week. Yeah, which is like what well, five. You're not getting K. paid. You're not getting paid for the journey at 350. Yeah, but like at that point, you gotta. I mean, think about it though. Arsenal at, at that moment last year, when they're like fifth, sixth, seventh place, eighth place, you you can't say destination because where's your destination? Right, right, right. Like you, it's kind of like you ask. I guess it depends on what time of the season he but has. Still. But like, if you're not in the top four, challenging for a top four, challenging for a title, what kind of destination? What fifth place? I think temp temporarily it might be the journey like yeah. teams who are just willing to stay in the premier league yeah and finish 11th 12th those guys might say okay this season it's going to be about the journey it's yeah. going to be about the journey so that the destination can come later yeah i get that but it should be the destination now when you're paying and somebody. it's not the company those guys don't those guys yeah they, they'll make friends and they they care about like playing with each other oh, and all yeah. that stuff uh, yeah it, it doesn't I, I i disagree with 
with Mikel Arteta in that when it the comes company. to that. It's not it's not the company. It's the destination for those guys because they're making too much money for them to worry about the journey or about the players they're playing with. They yeah. need to, they need. I mean, they they're will, not they there to make only, friends. They will only care about the company if it gets them to the destination. Yeah, it's it's you always enjoy the company around when you're winning games. Exactly. So. But anyway, you should watch it because he's got some motivational speeches yeah. that you would be fired yeah. up, Georgie. You yeah. would be fired up going to So I need to watch in the morning before we go training then. Yeah, yeah it's good. But anyway, yeah. uh, let's just finish it there. We could talk about uh, there's the results across the, the board are all typical results. There's a lot of teams that no. are going to finish 10th through 15th, 10th through 16th. But I think we covered most of the, uh, the teams that are going to be at the top. The only one I for, we forgot to talk about, we didn't talk about, mm. we didn't get to was Fulham. But mm. I'm just telling you right now, <laughs> Fulham is going to stay in the Premier League yeah. and oh, yeah. Mitrovic is going to be a household name by the time the season is over. Mitrovic is already a household and, name that got relegated five times. I hope times. Arsenal beats them convincingly, which they will, but... Mitrovic scores a hat-trick. I hope Arsenal Mitrovic scores. Th- <laughs> I hope Listen, Mitrovic scores because I like There it. is a team that we didn't talk about that is their, their coach, Brighton. So good. The way they play. Yeah. Oh. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I, I have... Pre- I, well, my prediction for Brian was what? Top 10. Ahead of Manchester United. Now, Manchester United are back, apparently. Manchester United are back. That's what everybody's saying. We need, you know what we need to do? We need to talk more about other leagues as well. Because PSG, I mean, it, it's hard to talk about other leagues when like things that you know are going to happen week in and week out. PSG is going to win the league. PSG is smashing everyone. Yeah. Bayern Munich is smashing everyone. Well, Real Madrid smashing everyone. 7-1. Yeah. Bayern, like, that's... You should have seen some of the goals, though. By oh. the way, did you see that first goal in the first t- 10 seconds? No. You got to watch it. Have fun, Sadio Mane. Go win the... The Bundesliga no, no, without PSG. even playing. Oh. Off the kickoff. Set play off the kickoff. Scored a goal. Boom, boom. In behind. Mbappe Listen, scores. I actually wa- watched... It was on TikTok. There, there's actually a set play the teams are actually doing now off the kickoff. My brother sent wh- it to me. Where the, the guy kicks it back to, I don't know, another person in the middle. They actually about to play a long ball. Their whole team drops. They play it back to the guy that played the ball originally. The guy turns. Their whole team steps up to press. That's what happened, and, and that's how they scored. They so, played it. They like uh, they played it back. Mm-hmm. They thought they were going to play the long ball, but then Mbappe Mbappe plays it back, or some maybe not Mbappe. Somebody else plays it back, and then they just kind of go forward. And then instead of playing the long ball, they play him again, and he so he ch- checks in again. Yeah. He drops it off to Messi, and then Messi plays the long ball. Mm. Mbappe is in by himself, chips the goalkeeper. Yeah, brilliant. It was, it was literally like a set. It's a set piece. Yeah, that's crazy. My brother sent it to me. He's like, dude, you should try this because this is. Yeah, I mean, it, and it will catch at most teams off guard. Yeah, like you don't. It worked. It worked really well. It's crazy. It's perfect. But that's it for this one, ladies and gentlemen. We'll uh, we'll finish it up here, Georgie. I'll catch you in the next one, and uh, we'll we'll check back in on Liverpool and see how Liverpool's doing. But that's it for this one, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next one.